Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. They're singing Messi, Messi, you have to forgive me. In Boca, the biggest, the biggest is Roman. Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, the weekly podcast from Mundar magazine that is finally showing the world we aren't penny-farthing riding trust fund hipsters, but rather normal people with awful haircuts just like them. We do like oat milk flat whites though, you'll have to shoot us. If you don't know Mundar and this is your first time interacting with us, and we're a quarterly magazine set up in 2014 that was meant to be a one-off, we're still here. Some social channels, some award-winning documentaries, events, merchandise, blah, 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 blah. And the day on this episode is released is the anniversary of the first time John Lennon and Paul McCartney met at a, at a village fete, three years before forming the Beatles. So with me today, and in the spirit of that, are taxman Tommy Stewart, <laughs> Seb the Walrus White, yeah, I'll, I'll that. and um, everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey, James Bird. <laughs> also, as Seb is such a huge Beatles fan, favourite album, greatest hits, <laughs> I presume that's why we're all wearing Germany shirts today, yeah, Seb, exactly. because of you know they went to Hamburg and, and made their made their name there, yeah. Per- exactly that, exactly that. Oh, exactly. so so Seb White, Mundell co-founder, lover of war, football, all things German, military history, military history, yeah, rather than war, and not war. all things German. <laughs> no, 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 doesn't like sausage. Um, what uh, what shirt are you wearing, Seb? This is the ninety two ninety four shirt where they wore at Euro ninety two, obviously. The, the sleeves, reminiscent of the one from Italia 90, but I think this is better than the one in Italia 90. First, first tournament as a unified Germany, is that? Very true, very true. And the Adidas equipment logo, which is always nice, and the DFB badge there, but yeah. This is one of my favourites, this, I have to say. I am wearing the shirt that they very famously wore for the 2014 World Cup game against Brazil, where they got absolutely spangled. And that that game, I've never seen a team as overawed with emotion as Brazil were in that. You could see it when the national anthems were being sung. They, you could tell that they were going to fall apart because they were too emotional. Well, they had, playing at centre-half, the throbbing nerve of the nation, didn't they, in, in yeah. David Luiz? A yep. footballer, I think, who has taken far too much shit over the years and actually, when deployed in the right way at times, has been shown he's very capable. But he led that team as a, a buccaneering emotional <laughs> presence. And you're right, it did all come crashing down. And imagine being arsehole 7-1 in your, own, yeah. in your oh. home World Cup. Yeah, it was amazing it, to watch. I've never seen so many players so out of position. Tommy, what are you wearing? 2012-13, so uh, it's a green away shirt. It's just like, a, I don't know what sort of green this would be, like classic. German, yeah, German classic. Green. Very much a pine green, that, isn't it? Pine mm. yeah, that's what I was thinking. But it's, like, it's yeah. kind of, it's got a round collar, which I like. It's classic, isn't it? But it's not one of those that kind of gets maybe looked back on as a classic. I, I remember loving this shirt at the time. Mm. So thanks, Dad, for uh, picking it for me. Yeah, thanks, Seb. But I'm uh, wearing a... Uh... Lothar Mateus, number 10 from Euro 2000. 2000. Euro 2000, yeah. I liked quite like Lothar Mateus when I was younger. He famously 
He did a great man marking job on Maradona. Was it in the 1990 World Cup final? Yes. And yes. they became great friends from it. Maradona rated Lothar Mateus as his hardest ever opponent, but Mateus was obviously could play. Um, he was one of those played um, centre half, centre midfield, number ten. And Neil Emblem. Yeah. And Neil Emblem. Yeah. Scored. A, scored. Um, played for Inter. Denis was one of the three Germans oh. who were Inter when the three Dutch were at AC Milan. And um, an absolute fucking maniac, actually, Lothar Matthias. Yeah. It would probably be a toss up between him and Beckenbauer and Germany's greatest ever player, right? This was yeah, it has to be. It's about his sixth Euros. <laughs> yeah, it was. Ninety eight. He was his first Euro. So. Yeah. 20 years later, he's still... That's a very beautiful shirt, though, that is. So nice. The, the, beautiful the German, shirt for a beautiful man. German flag colours on the collar, strong three stripes, another pine green, slightly darker, yeah. later in the they season. Can, they can't be the same green. No, they're not the same green. That's a hanging from the front window in your car green. Yes. This is, who's the daddy now green? <laughs> <laughs> We should say thank you very much, Classic Football Shirts, our good friends, obviously, at Classic Football Shirts for supplying these uh, these lovely jerseys. Um, and obviously anyone who does subscribe to Mundial and becomes a member of Club Mundial gets 10% off. Should we start the episode? Oh, yeah. Let's lovely stuff. Let's get on. Let's crack on. Uh, regular starting uh, section, we support these now. So if this is your first time listening, there seems to be a few more of you every week. We use sections from the magazine and things we've done on social to talk about different areas of the game's history and current and future and stuff we love. But we support these now is always a good place to start. We support these now. We've been doing it for a long time. It's been various different things we've supported over the years. Pick a thing out of footballers, non-footballers, Dogs, cats, hits, fucking cricket teams, whatever. We have supported them at some point. We support these now. This week, talking about who we support is Sebastian Dennis White. I always support you, Seb, by the way. That's very nice. I'll always support you. Nice. You know that. I've got your back. I do. I do. That's, and it's appreciated. And it's not just a knife in it. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievably, and I did check Johnny Sharple's list of all the things that we have supported in, in our time at Mundial. We have never declared our support for this thing before. Well, it's an actual footballer, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw a picture of a packed Bombonera in, obviously, in Argentina. The chocolate box. The chocolate box. The packed Bombonera is always good, isn't it? It's always good value for social media, we know that. Any ground with one stand that is completely different to the rest yeah like that really. yeah one day i will we one day we will we'll go we won't we will go won't we? we will go seb yeah. we'll ride like gauchos on the planes and yeah. eat steak and 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 refuse wine yeah and um if anyone wants to pay to send us then please yeah, get and, in touch. and then yeah and then go to lebanon <laughs> hold hands on the plane yeah <laughs> yeah oh it's true yeah we won't go there but this picture includes an amazing player one roman mckelmay arms aloft He's got this brilliant Boca Juniors shirt, which is retro this year, but it's quite mo- you know, mod. It's, a, it's their modern shirt, but it has a retro feel to it. He's got a retro captain's armband, and he has got a box-fresh pair of Copa Mundials. So Juan Roman Riquelme retired nine years ago. Yeah, yeah. Why is he only having his farewell match now? Do you know? Well, but when I realised I was going to be talking about Juan Roman Rome McElmay... I you mean sp- when you decided? When I decided, yeah, yeah. <laughs> C- yeah couldn't yeah. be a surprise, Seb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Unless nighttime Seb came up with it. <laughs> no, I did say, yeah. When I decided I'd be talking about Juan Roman McElmay, the only person I could possibly speak to was uh, South American football expert uh, Rupert Fryer, who works, works as a colleague for us at uh, Football Co. But So I asked Rupe him... Rupe Dog? Yeah. Big I, Rupe. Who did a great... Um, 
Ronaldo featured in the in the in the last issue amongst yeah. many other things. Anyway, what he doesn't know about one Roman McKelmay is not worth knowing. And then in short, Boca saw saw their ass a little bit when he retired on the spot eight years ago, and he upset the president. So he was a bit persona non grata for a while. Isn't he now? Isn't he now like vice president at the club? Or something? Well, he is now. Yeah, exactly. So and it took a while for him to get back into it, and and they obviously decided that they they had to have a game for him. The reason they had to have a game for him. Because the headline, let's look, you know, the headline numbers here. He played over 400 games for them. He scored over 100 goals. And in a team that idolises and is supported by Diego Maradona, he is still, he is voted the Boca Juniors' best ever player. Wow. Wow. So when you mention Maradona, and we always seem to mention Maradona, there we should do. be, what's the law about always, if you talk about anything for long enough, you get back <laughs> yeah. to talking about Hitler? Yeah. What's yeah. it called? Godwin. Godwin's law, Godwin's yeah. Godwin's law. Diego's law then for us. Is yeah. that, spend enough time with Mundell and they'll start talking about Maradona. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, they had a, they were, they, Backed different candidates for the presidency. Maradona was obviously a life member and had his own box, but he wasn't going at the time in Riquelme. Anyway. It's a Boca Juniors team versus an Argentina Legends team. What I heard, look, I've got the information, so I'm going to bloody tell you. Go on. Is that it was meant to happen four years ago. Mm. And then Riquelme asked Messi if he could play. And Messi couldn't at the time and said, please postpone it because I want to play in it because he was too busy at the time. And so he postponed it. And then obviously everything happened when we couldn't do things like this. And then the reason it wasn't Boca against Boca was because Messi only ever played for Newell's in Argentina. Yeah. He wouldn't have been able to play for a Boca team or something. So they did a Boca v Argentina. But the lineups, oh. have you got the lineups there? Well, I can tell you for, for sure. Your Tevez is, your Imars. I don't think Tevez. Oh, yes, Tevez was playing for Boca. But for Argentina, Messi, Di Maria, Cambiasso, Saviola, Amar, and current manager Scaloni, who obviously t- took them to the World Cup, he was playing in defence as well. So it is a feast of a game. It's an exhibition match. Goal fest. There's, there's all sorts going on. The Boca fans, again, to show you the esteem that they hold Juan Roma McElmay in, they're singing, Messi, Messi, you have to forgive me. In Boca, the biggest, the biggest is Roman, you know, because he is just oh, wow. absolutely adored at this place. And again... Another, another quiet night in at the library. Another <laughs> quiet night in the library. But at the Bombonera. And you probably, if, if you, for whatever reason not. you don't know who Juan Roman McElmay is or you've seen bits of him, but I think I'll just read one paragraph out of Ru- Rupert Fryer's brilliant piece on the, the now defunct, brilliant website, In Bed With Maradona. So I mentioned the numbers and the titles, but Raquel May, this is Rupert Fry's words, Raquel May is more important than the titles. In some way, he's more important than football. He's something of a cultural artefact. He evokes comparisons to Argentina itself and perhaps even to the eternal enigmas that make up the mythical figure of former president Juan Perón. Contradictory and ambiguous, he thrives only when entire teams are built around him. He survives only in teams that work as one cohesive unit. His manipulation of space, both for himself and those around him, remain almost unrivaled in the modern era. They've built his pedestal higher than those reserved for others. He is the last of a dying breed. He's inspired poetry. For a decade and a half, he has run the game at his own pace, ignoring the technocratic advancement of a sport that Eduardo Galeno once said, has managed to impose a football of lightning speed and brute strength, a football that negates skill, kills fantasy and outlaws daring. In a culture that's become more and more visceral, Raquel May's approach has remained irrefutably cerebral. He's valued style over substance, preferring to pass than score. He holds creation and aesthetics above all. I think Rupert Fry sums up what an incredible player he is and what, what a different type of player he was. And I think that's why he's held in such high esteem by so many. And 
it's nice to revisit and and re go, you know look at someone's career who you hear a lot about. I mean, there was talk he was going to join Tottenham at one stage. I think the Everton website once ju- did a test website post, didn't they, that they were going to sign him, and everyone went mad. But this. He's he's a special special player. Iniesta sent his apologies that he couldn't be there yes. because he's leaving Japan, isn't he? But he's he must be moving his family or whatever. Yeah. And he had his own retirement game recently, but he sent his apologies and said even though we only spent one year together when mm. Rakame was at Barca for a season, season yeah. and a half season when Iniesta was coming through, and he he said you helped me out so much and you taught me this that and the other, and he had a great spill at Villarreal, didn't he? And I, I don't wow. mind admitting, and people would expect, you know, we don't know, I, I don't know every footballer, and of that era of Argentine playmaker I love Pablo Aymar because yeah, I yeah. and it's mainly because I saw a lot of that Benitez team mm, because yeah. they were successful and they were on the Champions League and that's how you'd see your games I probably didn't have Sky at the time so I didn't really watch Rivista de la Liga or anything Yeah, and I saw a bit of Ricalme at Villarreal but when I had a look for something else we're doing at just at his numbers recently which I know is no way to judge the players and so he'd scored 49 <laughs> fucking goals for Argentina I yeah. thought <laughs> If I was five, ten years younger, like Raquelme might have been my guy. I know loads of people are obsessed with him, and right as I've spoken to, he's there like Diego or there so and so. But similarly with you, he he was he was mine, mine and my brothers. So I really? I took my parents around. So Nan and Grandad got a villa in Spain, like proper Brits abroad area, Torrevieja near mm. near Alicante. I dragged my parents around all the intersports in the area and all the car fours and all the supermarkets yeah. and all the sports Oh, I shops. love a car four. Yeah, same. Great well, baguettes. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> great baguettes. But just to find a Villarreal shirt because me and my brother, we sign, we find him from Football Manager and then every Saturday night we'd both put on our full Spanish football shirts. Oh, yes. And we just play one-on-ones where we don't it would often end in a fight but all, <laughs> all we cared about was getting that Villarreal shirt and I've got it I've got it I gave it to my nephew recently yeah. so if, you, if, if he was your guy then yeah why because I think there was something that you said in there in that piece that beautiful because I saw you piece. I saw you nodding aggressively so I thought Tommy might be into him there was a bit that you said about he was never concerned about goals mm. it was all about the pass and I think because our dad was he was such a advocate he was a football coach and he coached my brother's team and stuff like that he did it for like 20 years took them from eight-year-olds to 20-year-olds and he was all about what Clough said you know passing mm. keep it on the ground and passing and if God wanted you to play football but, in the sky to put grass in the air exactly away, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing and Raquel May was that it was just but it's the passing, the swagger, and the, the effortlessness. The effortlessness. And even that year at Barca, he didn't like hit it off, but he was still my favourite player to watch. I think might have been under Van But Hall. they were fucked, though. Yeah, they were. And they, they needed... The right it was a year or so later that Ronaldinho came in and yeah, it was, kicked yeah. the club up the arse. And, and, and what a lot of people had known him as Raquel May is the king of the no-look nutmeg, uh, which yes. you see a lot of oh, it yes, knocking yeah. around where he'll faint and then it's to go through players' legs. But I've seen enough of him to know how good he was. I don't have the connection you two do him, but... Yeah. A great one to dig out of the archives, so because it set yeah. me off reading a bit more about him and and, and watching a bit more. Well, because you know you get football, you're impressionable at different ages of your life, right? About mm-hmm. footballers, mm. and if you don't get hit by one at the right time, there's someone else's here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it and it can be like that. Well, and the fact that the, the Bombonera is going crazy for him, and all these players are turning out. You know, there's loads of videos of Messi getting an amazing ovation and reception, but they're still. The, the Keith person there is still Raquel May, still Raquel May. And it's just the fact that he just wandered onto the pitch in these box fresh Copper Monday Owls. You know, I don't think I've ever seen anyone rock Copper Monday Owls just so, so well. It looks incredible. Not even me in that picture with the, the kids' team when I'm dressed in the same <laughs> colour as them. <laughs>
we support um, Juan Roman Riquelme now? Definitely. We do, 100%. Welcome to Bollywood. Welcome to Bollywood. I did enjoy that bit. Welcome to Bollywood. Yeah, you're in Bollywood now. (laughs) (laughs) Could do Axel Rose style as well, couldn't you? You could do all sorts. Manda Hal, you know where the fuck you are? You're in Bollywood, baby! <laughs> You're gonna die! Yeah, great. All good stuff. <laughs> Just one more. Go on. You ain't been a Bollywood man. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoyed that, James. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's good. You weren't there, man. Bollywood. <laughs> <laughs> right. I saw this the other day on... It was well. It was posted by our um, our stable mates, but I saw it. I saw it. Someone else had shared it on the Inst- our Instagram story, and the caption was the most satisfying goal of all time. I don't know if it's the most satisfying, but it's certainly the most hypnotic. Now it is by Tamaku zero nine zero eight. He's got um, two and a half million TikTok followers and another million on Instagram, and he does a lot of recreation videos of like Harry Kane skills. Yes, he does have them. Ronaldo stuff, like lots he's, of stuff. Skill. He's one of your skill merchants. Yeah, but he's obviously a, a your viral re- skill merchant. He's a really good player, and he posted this video, and it's on a dusty pitch. I don't know, even know if it's him doing it. All I know is there's some lads having a kick around on a on a dustiest pitch, and a lad puts in a Rabona cross, and the person in front of the goal finishes first time with a Rabona volley top corner. And because it's a reel, it just plays on a loop. And I, I would say I, I've sat there for seven, eight minutes, three or four times, just, and I sent it to James straight away and said, look at this. And I did exactly the same. Just sat, sat there for about five minutes just going, wow. It's, wow. It is fucking wow. sensational. Man. Rabona cross, Rabona volley, and it's just like you could set all different types of music to yeah. it. And then I thought, should I talk about this or should I talk about Ravel Morrison, that one he scored in England training? You know, the, oh, it wasn't yeah. Rabona, but it was the volley. And then it, I thought it'd be great to talk about Ravel, but maybe for another time. And I thought, no, you know what? This was, um, like, it's beautifully, it's just such a satisfying goal. I mean, like, Rabonas in themselves are a great trick. Because they, a Rabona, they can be both brutally effective, but also if you just pull them off, they're, like they make other people say, like exhale their breath or, breath or say. So I remember doing one in a in a, in a game of five, in the advertising five-a-side league years ago, and I didn't need to do it. <laughs> it's just I'm better at Rabona and my right foot than I'm passing with my left. And I remember cutting in off the line and just sending one down the line. This line went, oh, Owen. <laughs> but you can also make yourself look a dick like David Dunn falling oh, over when he tried yeah. to do it and things like that. So to, to hit this first time on the volley, yes, James, you are bubbling. You're clenching like, your own thigh. <laughs> you're abonnering you're your balls. <laughs> Two things. Firstly, I think that like the word hypnotic, for some reason, is super relevant for a, a, a rabonner. Like that Balotelli one where he does the, oh, uh, the step-overs and then finishes Rabona. The Eric Lamella one from yeah. a couple me- of years ago where it skips. Like There's something very that hypnotic about a Rabona. And I think it's the way that you must hit the ball. It almost If you hit it properly, it sort of skids. It goes very straight. Honestly, give me a pot of goose grease, right? And a... Um, a super cut of Rabonas. I'd be like a teenager again, yeah. honestly. Steam steam coming out. So so that's one thing. Rabonas are hypnotic. That's one thing for me. The other thing for me is that I have a completely useless left foot. So I actually, if, it's, if, if there's a left-footed cross opportunity, left-footed shot opportunity, even just a pass, 
I will often do a Rabona. Not for, I'm with you on this. Not, not, not to be fancy, but just because I'm better at them than maybe, I am at using my left foot. So. It's also a bit fancy, but maybe this is how we can rekindle our relationship, James. We oh, can be they, the, the it, Rabona brothers. It needs to be more than that. <laughs> Birdman and Rabona. We, we need more than that. <laughs> but, but Batman and Rabona. Yeah. Batman and Rabona. It's there. Yeah. There's something there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the flame is flickering, but it's not a fire yet. So Seb is now loading up Tamako 0908's goal. He's really struggling with pressing a HTML link. Oh, God, honestly. It's like... Oh, it's, it's so sweet. Sorry. It was... You should just be able to open it, shouldn't you? Open link, here we are. Nice. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's even better than I thought. I told you. Fuck There we go me. again. Look at Seb's face. You know, because you see these taglines and headlines and... You think it's all a bit clickbaity and stuff, but yeah, that's that's, that's that about is... ten times better than I expected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, even from yeah. your description, he's he's volleyed someone's Rabona <laughs> crossing on the volley. I don't corner. fucking understand. Do we it. know where it is, or have any idea what? Yeah, well, um, Tamako zero nine zero eight is Japanese. <sighs> it's incredible. But I yeah. don't know if that's Please. him doing it or not. Yeah, or well, it's just him. Yeah. But but Japanese football culture in itself is um, quite interesting because technically <sighs> Japanese players are high 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 level so they learn predominantly through curva coaching or a, or a, a similar thing to curva coaching and curva coaching i've i did my curva coaching diploma a few years ago and it's fucking i mean it's, it's fascinating but about 25 years ago an american chap went over there as a football coach and he ended up basically forming curva and forming all these academies and he's like known as the granddad of, of, of japanese football and so that's what he did and if you watch people training there's like 50 of them at once all doing the same so it's lots of toe taps like jumping around yeah. or loads of different manipulation and i tell you what you can see through the repetition why they produce such technical players talking of technical players and, and japanese football there's a great fifa documentary watch i watched this week no surprise i watched sports documentary this week let but, us do that seb Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, it's funny if you take the piss out yeah. yourself. <laughs> I watched a great uh, documentary about Japan, the Japan women winning the, the Women's World Cup this week. And it's a great story because obviously at the same time when the earthquake happened, but mm. the technical ability of the players is just incredible. Incredible. And I think we'll see in the in the forthcoming World Cup as well that they, they've got, there's, a, there's a style and there's a skill there. That Yeah, so that is, rightly, Bollywood Walk of Fame, yeah? We could, yeah, that's, a Rabon, that's a Rabon, well up there. A, Rabon, a Rabona sign on the Bollywood Hall of Fame. Yeah, there we go. I don't know how it can get better than that. I'll be honest; it's incredible. Jesus Christ! Well, I scored an overhead kick in a game once, and my <coughs> dad um, said at half time, "More about the two easy ones you missed for your hat trick." <laughs> All right, stood there on your fourteenth fag of the first <laughs> half, Dad. I know you'll be listening to this and chuckling. <laughs> Mundial joins the dots for football culture. And that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial Magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. Now we are going to what is my favourite section, but then um, I would say that. Adventures in Clubland, Indian Summers, Loans and Last Chance Saloons. And we have got one today that I am so very excited for James Bird to regale us with and then the ensuing conversation that I am absolutely frothing. James Bird, Adventures in Clubland. Where are we going? Who we got? Okay, we go into January 2011. Oh, right. yeah, good and times. Bolton are a striker short. 
Elmanda is playing all right, but they could they could do the big lad. Yeah, you know, and Elmanda. And who's yeah. the who's, oh, the, God, who's the gaffer at this point at Bolton? Owen Coyle. Owen Coyle. So, <laughs> and there is a young striker who has recently uh, been signed for Chelsea for three and a half million pounds. Who isn't getting enough game time? Enter Daniel Sturridge. No, now. Daniel Sturridge, at this point, he'd scored something like 10 goals maybe for Chelsea across two seasons, but he'd, he'd only started eight, I hyped think. Hyped though, wasn't he? he of course was he was. Hyped, he, was yeah. he was a fantastic foot. It was immediately obvious to anyone who watched Daniel Sturridge play football that he was a, a, you know, a fantastically talented. And his uncle footballer. had been a Premier League player, so there's always a bit of added, you know, people knew the name Sturridge. And... <laughs> and, of course. And so, so January the 31st, January the 31st, 2011, Owen Coyle makes the call. Deadline day. Deadline day, and Daniel Sturridge moves to Bolton Wanderers. And it's one of those loan moves that gets a fan so excited. A young striker who isn't having enough game time at their parent club, a bigger club, and they're arriving at your team lower down the league with the bit between their teeth. They want to show their parent club, look, man, I should, I should be playing. I should be starting. Look what I can do. And this is young on the crest of a wave, upward trajectory, no baggage yet, mm. just and, pure you know, storage. When, when your team signs a young striker, that is always such an exciting thing. You go through, you know, you go through where they've come from, what they've done so far, yes. and what their best attributes are. You can't wait for them to get a chance in, in, in their debut. And Daniel Sturridge, in his debut for Bolton Wanderers against Wolves. <laughs> Comes on, 92nd minute, Ronald Zubar plays an atrocious back pass. Fucking hell, Wolves have had Sturridge. some players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Stur- Stur- Sturridge is alive, man. He's, yeah. a, you know, he's a young and very hungry player. He wants to show everyone that he can do it. Latches onto it, puts it in the back of the net. Daniel Bol- Sturridge, Bol- man. Bolton, Bolton win the game 1-0. He scores in his next three games as well. That's brilliant. Score, yeah, scores, scores for his first... Scores four goals in, in four games. It was for, massive for at the time. I remember they did the same with Jack Wilshire. Owen Coyle, when they made the signing, he talks about Wilshire. He says, "I can see." Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I, "I can see Daniel Sturridge doing for us what Jack Wilshire did for us." He scores an incredible goal against West Ham. That classic Daniel Sturridge sort of goal, where he receives the ball on the edge of the box, swivels, makes space, and just bends it top corner. He's celebrating these goals with such passion. He's running straight to the manager, straight to the subs bench, straight to the fans he's he is alive he scores he scores eight goals in in 12 games in in that season and then goes goes back to Chelsea and I think scores starts 30 games that next season playing on he's playing on the wing wing wasn't he and then um they won the European Cup yeah because that you know that was a time when they had Drogba they had Anelka Maluda Kalu so he had so he had he started 30 games the next season, I think, yeah. But he was playing on the wing. And, Liv- and then he goes to Liverpool. And then he goes yeah. to Liverpool. He was, playing on, he was playing on the wing. They won the Champions League. He was in the squad. Yeah. Pictures of him with the, yeah. with the medal, I'm sure they were. Yeah. yeah. So I think as sort of, you know, adventures in Clubland yeah. go, a young striker from a big club going to a smaller club, wanting to show the world that they've got it. And this is, this is one of the best examples of that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think to go off pitch for a second, I, I love Daniel Sturridge. I don't even think it's like a wasted talent or anything like that. I hate the way he gets damned by that. And I thought Rooney did a column recently where he sort of dug Sturridge out a little bit, saying, oh, at the 2014 World Cup, me and Gerard spent most of the time trying to convince Daniel Sturridge how good he could be and, and stuff like that. And I thought, I'm not sure that's something you should really reveal, Wayne, actually. You Didn't Sturridge I mean? score, though? He scored against Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he played did. well. He did score. And then he scored in uh, 2016 against Wales as well. I was well. there. 
Yeah, you yeah. were there. Yeah. But what I like about Sturridge and I've seen him score a lot of goals. I think he's obviously his, his Liverpool period. Him, Suarez, and Sterling as a marauding front three was was you know was tremendous. Since he's retired, I sort of thought about it a lot and I've read a few interviews with him and that people always used to say he was injury prone and he should do this and do that why should he like he knows he's going to be retired by 34 35 why should he play through why should anyone play through injury and jeopardize the rest of their life but the next bit is fucking then the world cup comes around last year from nowhere and from nowhere oh d studge instagram having the time of his life and the first one i watched i nearly had the gammon response and then i i watched it again and thought Look how much fucking fun he's yes. having. And then yep. that was it. We were sending him around all the time. And he says something about, in one of the Dutch games, he's like, Cody, my Brody, Gakpo. And <laughs> I, I, I call James Cody, my Brody, every day. And I loved the videos. And the, uh, the thing I like about Moore, every time the fucking gammons have got more and more wound up by him, he's given it even more oh, swaz. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah. Presenta- his presentation of some of the words now is incredible, but he's just loving life. Oh, killy, 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 killy. Yeah. <laughs> He was sent. The players were sending messages back, weren't they? Which yeah. was uh, was it? Lovren playing for Croatia, yeah. who called him out for saying that they were going to lose from the dressing room after they've just won. Yeah, because it, it's it's like it's he's brilliant. having the time of his life. You don't see that. The do players you? like it. And then he turned up on on Sky, was oh. a brilliant pundit, yeah. and fucking Look. leathered Michael Richards as well. Because yeah. him and him and Big Meeks were obviously um, in the City Youth Academy together. Yes. Yeah, and they've uh, been they've been mates. Yeah. For a long time, and um, what did he say, James? He, 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 Meek, Meek says something about about. <laughs> oh, you're, so you're talking about Arsenal. And he goes, "Well, he turns round, doesn't he?" he goes, "Well, you're a gooner at art, aren't you?" <laughs> and Meek, Meek just goes, <gasps> <laughs> "It's it's brilliant." And and those videos for me, yes, they were really funny. Him doing all the accents and the dances and the singing was really funny. But his actual analysis was really good. His knowledge of the international teams and the way they play and the players that were in them. Oh, brilliant. I was just like, fucking hell, this guy, know, this guy knows so, so much they about They haven't football. stopped, James. The videos. He's keeping them going. He's, got, he's doing all sort of mad super cuts and different imagery and songs and stuff brought into him and like, fucking fair play to him. I love the thought that he edits them himself as well. But <laughs> yeah. like, well, he might a, do. Yeah, I know. I, I, he I might wanna do. See, I want to see more. I want to see more of, I want to see more yeah, of Dan doing that, he's, he's entertaining. He's insightful. He's played at the highest levels. He's clever. Like, yeah, he's he funny, he's cool. Yeah, he is cool. R- absolutely rascal selection of supreme hats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> always looks good. But the delight and the enjoyment of what he's doing, it, it shines through. And to anyone who like looks at it and goes, fucking Daniel Sturridge doing this, watch it in a different light and, th- and see how happy he is. And like, imagine if you'd spent probably 40% of your chosen career, which you were brilliant at. Let, let, let's have it right. Daniel Sturridge was a brilliant player. for yeah. those teams. And you couldn't always perform because you were injured. And look, it's like well discussed that, you know, fast twitch muscle players, they pick up more injuries. And when they do, they're harder to come back. And if they don't have the 100% use of those fast twitch muscle fibres, then they're not the same player. And also, it's none of anyone's fucking business. Do you know what I mean? Like He play, <laughs> played a lot, scored a lot of brilliant goals. Daniel Sturridge, I'd love to interview you, actually. It could be about your hats. It could be about Cody Mabrody. It could be about... Um, <laughs> the hot sauce. The hot sauce. The hot sauce, yeah. You're, I'm a big fan of hot sauce. Seb's a bit more entry level. James isn't allowed to eat it because Matilda doesn't like spicy things. I've, and got, I've got two shelves of hot sauce in my fridge. <laughs> None of them you can eat. <laughs> just, just a lie. Yeah, just but we, slander. We, we talked about this. You're an Encona man. But yeah, I, Studge. I've, I've forgotten about that goal for England. Against Wales, because obviously everyone forget England lost to Iceland in the in the next round, so everyone remembers that awfulness. But yeah, Harry Kane taking corner, just it was, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. But it was, yeah, 
England winning in the last minute against Wales. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'll tell you the story I don't ever need to hear again <laughs> about how they bought all, built all the fucking domes in Iceland yeah. and then they all they got loads of footballers. Yes, all right. You've you've read one fucking <laughs> one fucking Rory Smith article and now you fucking yeah. oh, shut well, up. Shut the, up. The, if con- anyone the country's know what... only got a population of 300,000 yeah. people. The football team actually makes up for 0.2% of the whole population. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, Frank, sit down. Yeah. She's not bringing the children back. A great one, James. A, a great a great adventures in clubland. Oh, yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The next section is the Mundial Archive. We've got 26 issues of the magazine. We've also got 30-odd documentaries, which we're going to start bringing scripts of those into the archive as well soon as well because we've done some great interviews and maybe we can even play some clips. But this is the Mundial Archive, and in the script, Seb has made a very specific request. Seb, what is the request today? I, well, you, James, you, start, you read something last week or the week before last. James read something in the previous episode. I should read something, but I actually... You've already read Rupert Fry's bloody piece. I have, to be fair, yeah, yeah. There's another reason, but... This is one of my favourite pieces we've had in the front section of the mag. It also looks brilliant. And this is a piece called The Greatest Goal I Never Scored by Owen Blackhurst. And I want Owen Blackhurst to read it in all its glory. The image is my head um, superimposed (laughs) on a shot of Vinnie Jones. Yeah. Not even... Uh, like Alex has stitched me up massively. It's obviously I got much different hair then. This is short hair pre-COVID, um, pre the emancipation of Owen Blackhurst. Pre football Jesus. Twenty eighteen. Pre football Jesus. Pre pound shot Perlo. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest goal I never scored by me. For about eight consecutive Saturdays over the summer, I turned seventeen. A group of us played a friendly eleven-a-side game against the staff of the Eurasia. At the time, it was one of Bridge North's two good Indian restaurants. With its wildly pink korma, superior Bombay mix and premium poppadom accompaniments, making it a personal favourite ahead of the Himalayan tandoori. Where I used to have strawberries and single cream for afters when I was little. None of that matters now. Maybe it didn't then. The games were never arranged. We always played on the Crown Meadow with its dog shit and glass. And one Saturday, the lads from the Eurasia rocked up and offered us a game and we just carried on. There were no WhatsApp groups or money owed lists. You didn't have to make a block booking and people didn't need to turn up wearing a certain colour. One of our lads called Fishboy played exclusively in a Nirvana t-shirt. A lad on the opposition was always clad in a vest with a Bengal tiger on the front. And the head waiter, who played like Ian Rush, donned a variety of Liverpool kits from the 80s. The games were deliciously unorganised, ragged to the naked eye and an absolute joy to play in. God, I... 
Always makes me cry thinking about my youth like this. I guess it would have been about four weeks in when I missed a goal that will stay with me forever. Our two most regular players were me and my best mate's younger brother. We'd always had an understanding on the pitch. We ruled against our kid and his kid in two-a-side matches from an early age. I played centre-mid and centre-half and up front with him in various Saturday and Sunday sides and we fixed the numbered picks for kickabout so we were on the same team. I also carried him home from the rope swing with a broken arm, gave him his first bong and worked with him as a greenkeeper before I was sacked in disgrace. I'll tell you about that in a bit. (laughs) Whenever I go home now and see him, both of our eyes light up and this will be discussed in the first ten minutes. We recreated it without the ball, pissed after his brother's wedding a couple of years ago. Nobody cared except us. Maybe I remember this more fondly than all the goals I've ever scored because it involved me and him being on the perfect wavelength. Or maybe because of all the associated memories I have of a childhood and a hometown and perhaps even a friendship that are all lost. The tentacles of another time and another me that have withered away. Or maybe it's just because I caught it so fucking well. (laughs) He was predominantly left-footed through. So as he received the ball on the right wing, I knew what he was going to do. I was looking roughly parallel to him towards the edge of the box, in line with the back stick. He accelerated past his man down the line. I took mine quickly towards the goal and, as Fru checked back onto his stronger foot, I left my marker stood in the space I'd vacated. Not only was Fru left-footed, he's also the best passer of ball I've played with before or since. And as he looked up and I continued to check diagonally, I knew I wouldn't have to move. Over it came. Enough pace on it to make it hard to cut out, but not too much bend so I'd have to reach for it. I can still see my right tempo suspended in midair as I caught it absolutely perfectly with a scissor kick and sent the ball screaming towards goal. I, honestly, I'm breaking from the story. I can still feel it now go off my foot. Their five foot seven inches keeper would not save this, I thought. <laughs> as I hit the floor and it hit the bar, it felt like the world stopped as the rusting crossbar shook and rattled and hummed. My foot still felt the connection. Like when you hit a seven iron out of the screws or a six out of the middle of the bat. And that pure feeling inhabits your body for a few seconds. In my head, that crossbar is forever wobbling on the park behind my house as the ghosts of my past look on open mouth and a mongrel dog shits in the background. (laughs) Ultimately, though, I fucking missed it. And three weeks later, the game came to an end after I accidentally left six studs on the shin of the fella in the Bengal tiger vest. (laughs) And the lads walked off in protest. We talk about that in the pub too when I go home. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, yeah, that... 2018 that was wasn't it that issue 16 at the end of 2018 but it's one of the it's one of the one of your best though it's one of your best thank you sir it's very very nearly nice got me again ne- nearly nice got me again no, it's it's a very very if that doesn't remind evocative me. piece uh you know it crystallizes a moment in time very clearly yeah one one thing about when i did after i um had a knee reconstruction when i started playing a bit again playing eight aside and stuff like that again one of the annoying things was I couldn't jump off my left leg like I used to be able to. So my previous jumping and scissor kicking ability was negated. Mm. And it I really think... fucking pissed me off because it was a, a great skill to have, being able to hit an overhead kick and being able to jump and do it. Mm. And I was just all right. And I didn't score loads of them, but, I, but I, the actual technique of doing it, because I'm quite obsessed with the technique of things, I practiced, I made my brother throw a lot of balls to me in the garden to practice the, the sort of side-on scissor yeah, kick. Yeah. Volley. Not many people have that at our level. Well, you know, Sunday league level in their arsenal either. I think it's just a volley. You've just got to be able to jump at the same time. But yeah. people have fear, I think. Yeah. Of hitting the floor. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, well, yeah, I'm it's not, about landing properly. Isn't it? Correct. I'm not risk averse in any way. No. And I'm also quite good at landing. I did a lot of judo as a kid and I, I'm. I've fallen off quite a few high things in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Fell off a 15 foot wall in fucking 
Grand Canary. I jumped over it for a piss, and I was out on the lash at some at the world fucking like some some fucking golf fucking travel forum or whatever it was. And I was fucking leathered, and I jumped across this coastal wall, thinking I'd just pop for a piss, and fell fifteen foot onto my hip. <laughs> but luckily, managed to land softly and didn't break my hip. I think. I think going back to the piece, I think that one of the things that I genuinely get quite choked about is that you never see yourself play football very much. Obviously, if you play in front of a VO camera, if you're Sunday Leeds and whatever you do, but I just mean through time. So, you know, when, when you think about any player of the last 30 years and you type their name into YouTube, you can watch mm. a, comp, a five minute compilation of, of their best bits. You can never do that about your own footballing performances. And I think that that sort of chokes me up a little bit sometimes because it's like you have all these moments that mean so much to you. Whether anyone else remembers them or not, you can remember specific things that you've done on a football pitch or a cricket pitch or a tennis court, but you never actually get to see them. And when you said that about you can still feel the ball coming off your foot, there's a couple of moments that I can remember where I can still very much feel that connection. And one of them was a bicycle kick that I scored. And I think I've told you about it before. I scored a bicycle kick at the David Beckham, old David Beckham Arena in Greenwich. Seven aside pitch. Seventy yard pass from my friend who was also left footed, one of those people who was just amazing, had that brilliant connection with their left foot. And it came over and I was on the edge of the box on the corner and you don't really think about it, do you, when you do a bicycle kick? It just sort of, for me, it just happens. Well, no, because you're thinking about, what you're thinking about first is the movement to get in the position to do it. And, and so as long as you do all that, because you've got so many things to judge with the angles and you're backing off yeah. and moving towards it, that then it's just about, you'll miss more than, you'll, you'll, completely, miss, you'll completely miss more than you catch. Of course, yeah. but this, this, this one I fucking caught and it went into the top corner, back where the ball came from. So yes. it's like, you know, the head away, you go back from where the cross yes. came from. And... I couldn't believe it happened, one. <laughs> People stopped playing on the pitch opposite because a couple of them seen and were just like, oh my God. And I can still remember the feeling of that yeah, coming off my laces. It, it all chokes me up, the fact that, you know, I think if you don't live in the place you grew up and if you had lots of strong ties there, all of that, we, we you know, sort of all know that. And if I th sometimes if I think about it all too hard, I can, like my chest goes a bit tight and I can sort of feel like... Then I see people when I go back and it's like, it's just all gone. It's mm. all gone apart from in your memories. So to see those people, and I go back very sporadically, but to see them and then talk to them and know you've always had that shared thing. Like I saw, um, I saw through recently at his, his dad's funeral and we didn't, we didn't actually talk about football that day, but that shared connection was still there because of, of growing up together, of doing all those things together, of falling off rope swings and, yeah. and sorting it out. And, and also personally, and, and you know, not really to get into it too much, is what I didn't know then, I was 17 then, was that was my, you know, my peak because I that's was four years later, my fucking knee exploded and I've never been able to play and I've never been able to play again at that level. So I didn't know. And now looking back at it, I, like I I enjoyed it, but I was getting sent off all the fucking time. Yeah. You know, but I was thinking back to then, I was fit, unencumbered, and started getting sent off a lot at the point. It was still in that. And then I started playing men's football within probably six to eight months of that, or I was playing on a Sunday, whatever, it doesn't matter. But then within two or three years of that, I'm done. And, and, I, and it's now longer than half my life since I've been able God, to yeah. play with boots on and, 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 and do that. And, but I'm just, I'm glad I have the, the memories of it, I suppose. It's a very specific 
evocative thing to think about your childhood especially if during your childhood it wasn't in the middle of an inner city it was in a shitty suburb or you know a countryside-ish town and the main things that you had because there was no, you know, there's nothing else to do sport. was sport <laughs> and so you'd have a bike and then you'd have pair of trainers you'd have a football you'd have a shit cricket bat yeah you'd have a endless, tennis ball and endless long days the longest end, days and endless long days just playing sport with friends and i think like those those places that you play those games so for you it's that pitch the, the goal the, the goal with that nets on for me there's a place that we called the park which was this secret bit of grass surrounded by terraced houses that we all had to do a 10 minute cycle to and had one goal post in the middle of it mm. but they become they're your stadiums aren't they yeah. as, as oh, a youngster oh, the, oh. The, the, the fucking crime meadow I mean it was everything like, you know we had fucking 40 side cricket games on there and similarly with football we had yeah. royal rumbles you know what I mean like, yeah, we yeah, yeah. Fucking, yeah. fucking had my first cigarette on there drunk on there you know what I mean yeah, but, but they, this is your place. And I, I find it hard when I go home now. Mm. I went for a walk in my youth last time I went, and I suppose I had a difficult relationship with where I grew up because I was always desperate to get away from it, and and I probably have been away from it now for a long time, trying to be out and get a career and sort mm. of justify leaving and 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 doing all that. And yeah. you know, I've gone back over the years to see people, but it was always go back, get shit faced for two days, leave. Now that I don't drink, I went back and saw it through a different light, and I went for a bit of a walk, and I went over the the pitches by the river where my, the team my dad managed used to play and I walked past my nan and granddad's old house and everything but I didn't go up to the the, the crown here I, it's too much I need yeah. to I need to go again I've fallen back in love with uh, going home since with Shropshire since I stopped drinking because wow. it was exactly that what you said two days on the piss don't the, see anyone don't remember gear, anything yeah, yeah, yeah. like moody with my family because I'm fucking coming down and, <laughs> I'm, and I'm an alcoholic I'm being the cunt I'm thinking they're all being the cunt yeah yeah yeah, yeah whereas yeah. now it's like I'm going to actually go there, appreciate this is where I grew up. Look at that. I've got a field, Bicton Village Field, where I did all those things you said first. Yeah, play, first snog. It's beautiful. Cricket, football, wrestling, fights. Yeah, I had is. fights there. I broke yep. my wrist having a fight. Yep. And now I love it. I, I love it. It's sad. It's emotional. But I, I love going back. Yeah, the Crown Meadow, I remember fucking. I, liked, I, had to, I had to take a bread knife to a fight with two lads, actually, because they were, they, they were going to beat me up after woodwork. <laughs> and they had tennis rackets, so I ran in, got a bread knife, and ran back down. weren't too fucking keen then, were they? <laughs> Power of ten, baby. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a fucking, it's a fucking bread knife. What was yeah, I going to do that? Yeah, no, Saw yeah, their arm yeah. off and toasted. Yeah, yeah. It's taken about an hour. When you said last week about I played a game on a Wednesday, which we could have won the league, and I thought, you don't want to win a league on a Wednesday. You want to turn up and do Rabonas. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I miss. And if I could find that anywhere now I'd still do it I remember someone said to me years ago stop why have you fucking tried back healing that I said I've paid my two quid yeah. I'll fucking back heal it all night if I want you can yeah, yeah, and so yeah. I did <laughs> every pass after that I got myself into position Let's to back heal it, it. <clears throat> yeah really fucking flick flacks for a bonus yeah, <laughs> yeah. again though and it's obviously you, you've done some brilliant pieces and uh, around playing football and in, not just talking about great players and stuff but that that's one of the best pieces we've had in the mag that yeah, it's, it's brilliant and it sums up the joy. We, we just spent ten minutes off the back of it talking about the joy of playing Thanks, football. Seb. I'm, I'm glad you 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 pulled that up actually. Are you looking to join a club? Well, how about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering, and it's the best club in the world. We think for only ten pound a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, twenty percent off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, All Press Espresso, Art of Football and Percival Menswear. What more do you want? 
you also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. It is collectible football shite. No one's been sat on that, have they? Kinga. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good. Okay. Really good. Collectible football shite, inspired by love for club shot tat, pencil cases, crap cups, wall ladders, fucking all the sorts of crap that um, you get around football. And certainly if you're a football fan growing up, you will have had some horrors. Your parents would have thought, we all love that and got you some shit. But then there's the other side of it, which is great collectible football shite and our very own collector of football shite, Sebastian White, has brought this in today. All I can say Jesus is... Christ. ...is <laughs> viewed quickly, it looks like a real novelty sex aid. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of glass, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of glass dildos knocking around these days, so, yeah. they, so they tell me. But if you look at... But it's, it's actually... It seems to be the World Cup with a bottleneck on the top. And Seb, do you know what? I'm just going to turn this over to you, but fucking hell, mate. How have you kept that? Do you know what? I'll ask in a minute. I, well, there's a lot of stuff that's in, in special boxes upstairs, but this... <laughs> Especially if that sounds a bit wrong, but anyway. This... Imagine the packing he's had that in over the years to make sure it doesn't... Yeah, break. I was really... Well, I said to Rebecca, have we got any bubble wrap? Because I don't want to break this on the way in. And, you know... Like, she's thinking, please fucking break it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it, this is... This is, what this is, is it, in my Sam? front room. What this is, is, yeah, what, this you, is... Hang on, you have that up in the front room? This is in the front room, yeah. Fuck off. Next to my replica <laughs> Gold World Cup that I, my, Rebecca bought me for our first anniversary. Oh. You have them both in your room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In your family yeah. house, family house, where yeah. you and your wife yeah. sit and watch TV every night. You have a, a glass. Admittedly, it's in the it's in the drawers to the left of, so we don't look at it all the time. But yes, what the fuck? I mean, come on then. What is it? What is it? What is it? You're saying? What is it? Well, I didn't think this was to be that collectible, but it's certainly sentimental to me. This is an empty <laughs> bottle of rosy rosé wine shaped like the World Cup in in honor of Italian ninety, and this was bought by my dad. Two weeks before the Italian 90. Imagine how quickly he drank that. <laughs> we will get onto this. In the only Italian restaurant in Yeovil, Yeovil's, we've just been talking about small towns and things like that. Yeovil didn't have that many things going on, but it had this great Italian restaurant that we'd always go to. And we went there two weeks before the Italian 90. It's my, it's the World Cup where I'm really feeling part of it. I we that. fucking know you love we Italian know, 90, exactly. Seb. So You're get, an Italian 90 man. Come on. We're Ita- I'm Italian 90 man. So we, we yeah, we, we get it. And my dad's like... Obviously buys it because it's like, yeah, this will be good. And I say to him, I remember saying to him, don't drink it, keep it. Let's, that's something we should keep. My dad being my dad, obviously, he decided that he would drink it. Um, how, how, how quickly was that drunk? I don't know. I very remember. I just remember being gutted that he started drinking. Um, drinking. I bet it, but... he fucking did. He open it in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there and then. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pouring, I was like, it, oh. pouring it with you there, gutted. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I knew that it would be. Was this even pre? Ten. Was this pre growth spurt Seb as well? Oh yeah, a little Seb. Little, little blonde, Seb. little yeah, blonde yeah. Seb. Aww. Little Seb. Yeah. So... Sebby Toxvig. <laughs> Sebby Toxvig. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as he's seen in the pictures of me in the Italian 90s England shirt. That, that was me then. But just remember being gutted. And I've moved house from here, there and everywhere. But I've always kept this and moved it moved it around. So it's 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 important to me. What a fucking it, thing. It's important to me. It's important to me. It says Mondiali 90. Now, I did a bit of research on and I thought, this is this collectible or is this just shite? Yeah. Well, 
Let me tell you, if my dad hadn't bloody drunk it, no, you can buy one on a on a, a specialist wine website for three hundred quid. Fucking with white with rosé wine David in it. Dickinson, bloody hell! Bloody hell! hell yeah, yeah, it'd be undrinkable though. No, now. of course, but Rose it's not a, yeah. a keeper, is it? It's 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 from according to the Italian wine guide. This this particular rosé, the Castel del Monte, is the most widespread rosé in Italy and the most exported, which should explain why it ended up in Sleepy Somerset. Do you know what that would also explain? That it'll be shite because the, <laughs> no, no, no. The the Italians they don't let go of the good stuff. The good stuff stays uh, in the yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, James, yeah, James will tell yeah. you this. But it's got all the flags of the teams playing in the Italian 90. It's got the Union Jack, obviously, because that's what England used to fly. Or not England, but the England fans, certainly. Yes. Takes <laughs> me back to a brilliant World Cup. I don't give a monkey's what the, the tactic nonces say about Italian 90. It was it was an incredible the, World Cup. The who? The tactics nonces. You know, like, oh, it was, there was it was only 1.2 goals per game. Ah, oh, fuck off. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> is this, is, this is a, an amazing tournament, an amazing moment in my life. And... It's bloody yeah. It takes me back every time, and I love and I, hopefully me sharing it as yeah, as as being of use and of interest to you. Or fuck yeah. I actually think it's very sweet that you've kept it for this yeah. long. What I'd like to know most is what your dear wife Rebecca thinks about this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're going on the shit rather than the collectible. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. The story, sweet. Yeah, of course. The, yeah. the, the sentiment. The, the sentiment, really sweet. The, the rose, sweet. The item. Yeah. The rosé would have been sweet. On top of, on top the, of item, the lovely Art Deco shy. cabinet with like some nice things on it and, and a fake World Cup. Spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've ruined it. But and maybe I'll take a picture of it when I put it back in place later on. But yes, yeah, please. I will. But uh, Imagine him smuggling I think she'd rather home. it wasn't there, let's be fair. <laughs> let's be fair. That, she's, she's a very stylish person, so uh, yeah, yeah. The, the few things I am allowed on show are my display of Mundials <laughs> and my two World Cups. <laughs> Or fake uh, World Cups, essentially. Uh, I, love, oh. I love you, sir. Those are the things I'm allowed. And my granddad's Spitfire in a gold Spitfire in a in a in a, a glove bottle in a bottle typed. Yeah. In, in oh, a, yeah. Why? Those are the things I'm allowed, and 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 I do not blame her for that as well. It's just the most fucking Seb thing ever. Yeah. Doesn't drink wine. Doesn't like it. But no. loves the World Cup. And this looks like a glass one. If you can just ignore the fact it's got a fucking wine bottleneck on the top of it. It's a glass World Cup. That, that World Cup means a hell of a lot to a hell of a lot of people. And yeah, it changed whatever. the game. I think it means more to you than the winners. <laughs> Goody. Well, yeah. maybe I should ask Goody Buckwell because he. Goody Buckwell followed me once on Instagram. Yeah, so I should Did ask him. Yeah, yeah. Once. Well, uh, still. Did he? Still, oh, he still he follows, still follows him. me. So maybe. Lot, lot, you know, what about Lothar yeah. was there? 90, I reckon. We can find I someone. I reckon Italian this. 90 means more to you than yeah. Lothar Mateus. <laughs> yeah. 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 Drum roll, please, Maestro. After introducing the next section, this is Tommy Stewart's team sheet, Tom Bowler, and I would like to make an apology. Firstly, an apology to Mark Jones, Days of Speed, for wrongly giving him credit for inventing Team Sheep, Tom Bowler. Mark, I don't take anything else back. Your company is uh, always good, and I will be back to Plough Lane to see you. But to Chris Sleet of Getty Images, long-time fan of the mag, 
big fan. A friend, one of the good guys. It was him, actually, who came up with Team Sheet Tombola. So, Chris, and your newly found love of little tattoos and, and jogging and the wholesome kids' football coaching I see you're, you're doing. Apologies. Uh, thanks for coming up with it. And um, stop fucking moaning. <laughs> 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 to be fair, he was very nice about it. He just said, nice, he said, I think it was me. And I went, you know it was you, Chris. It's all right. <laughs> even, a cl- even a stop clock's right once. <laughs> Twice. Three times, lady. lady. Right, Tommy Stewart's team sheet, Tom Bowler. Very quickly, for those who haven't listened to the podcast before or for those who have, just to describe the rules of the quiz, it is I will name a game from any time in history, two teams, and I will name one position for one team and these lads will have to get there first and answer who the player was playing there. First of all, Seb White, can we have your noise to buzz in? World Cup 94, semi-final, reverse cowgirl. Sorry, Seb. (laughs) 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 James Bird. Let's go! Brilliant. I was going to try and make a noise like a rusty trombone, but I don't think I can do it. So, ooh, yeah, like the macho man. Ready for the question? Tommy Stewart's rusty trombone. Tommy Stewart's <laughs> team sheet tombola. Okay. <laughs> the game, May 12th, 2010. It's the UEFA Cup final. It's Fulham against Atletico Madrid. Oh. I want to know who played right midfield for Fulham. Subway. Clint Dempsey. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Owen. Jonathan Greening. Nope. Subway. Brian McBride. Nope. Oh, f- f- Come on, James. James Go. Steve Sidwell. Nope. Sammy Davies. No, he was playing, but not right. This might be the first one none of us get. I'd be very happy. Do you know what? And it should be allowed to be that. We can't just keep on guessing. You know what? Yeah. I I don't know. Seb's said every player in the team but the right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no. The answer is Damien Duff. Oh, oh fuck off. Of course. Do you know what? I forgot he'd even played for Fulham. Same. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why I put him in. I looked up that game today and I was shocked. Good quiz. Thank you. That's Thank a you. team and a half, by the way, to Fulham as well to get to that that final. Enjoying this podcast but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine? Well, you need the Mundell Gateway drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. Ins and outs. Ins. Tommy Stewart. My in this week is punk and hardcore kids because I went to Outbreak Festival in Manchester and there were, as a non-drinker, going to a festival is a big thing, even sometimes going to a gig and certain gigs like the Arctic Monkeys one. A lot of drugs, a lot of piss flying about, which is always um, a bad thing. A lot of straight edge knocking around in punk and hardcore though, isn't there? So this is what I'm saying, yeah. Will you be getting the tattoo, the X? I've not thought about it, but probably now you've said it. Yeah, Yeah, if if people, do you think that's cool? Yeah, yeah. I've thought about it, but I wouldn't get it on the back of my hand. The punk and hardcore kids are the nicest fucking kids, and there's hardly any drugs around. I had a 10 minute chat with a 19 year old Aussie lad who was full of tattoos, he had covered in tattoos, 
and I just heard the Aussie accent. He asked for a roll up, and I was like, "You into cricket, mate?" He's like, "Mate, I fucking love cricket." <laughs> Give so us a, a, you got another dart? Yeah, we had fifteen minute chat, like just us two, because I needed to get away from all my mates who were on drugs and that. But there was hardly any. No one likes the, the grass, Tommy. No one likes the grass. <laughs> <laughs> you do see Tommy. Anyway. They know who they are. Yeah, do, do see Tommy anyway. He's fucking. He's he's old Bill. <laughs> You're a fucking journo. Like. <laughs> Funny in it in that film. Like, oh, hates journos, does he? Oh, Christ. It, yeah. And what does he work as? A journo. <laughs> but I could get all the Heineken zeros all day because there's so many straight edge people. There's hardly any cues to the bar and just everyone's dead sound and just the vibe and the atmosphere. Just good people. Hardcore yeah. and punk kids in. Yes. Yeah. Always in. James Bird. Straight on to another hardcore and punk kid. It's uh, dressing like Diana. Which Diana? Princess Diana. Yeah. Um, well, you are today. You walked here in shorts. What I mean by dressing like Princess Diana is wearing short shorts. And a, and a jumper. And a, a, a sweater, a, a sweater, did, a sweater with a pair of New Balance and, and some socks. Yeah. But it only works because you look like Emma Corrin, who played Princess Diana. Oh. Yeah. So basically, if I went the other side of that glass and... and, and, fu- and if I went the other side of the glass and fogged it up with my breath, yeah, fucking hell. You'd think I was Emma Corrin. No, I think you're Princess Diana. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great look, the athleisure look. God almighty, and you could, I mean, again, you could be a bit Charles from a distance as well. <laughs> Who, Seb? Not my, you know, my hands, Philip. hopefully not the sausage fingers. No, I saw a picture of them the other day, they've got bigger. Oh, they, yeah. They're going to explode. Awful, that. They are going to explode, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Was that in, dressing like Diana? Uh, oh. No, you're better than that. Out. Fair. I don't know if he is, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you are the keeper of the ins and outs, so what it, he says goes. I don't know I am. My liege. Yeah, yeah. When you get on with your fucking job, in. <laughs> what is your in? My in is the one glove show on NTS. We know Maka from playing football with Imo and having a... It's a odd... radio show. Look, Seb, Seb doesn't like to give you detail. He likes to you to go off on a search. There is a radio show on NTS called One yeah. Glove by Maka. And I never listen... And it's, it's, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> I never listen to it. <laughs> Sorry. Let's start again. <laughs> I, don't li- I never listen to it live on a Saturday morning because I'm always doing something going to some shit non-league ground somewhere normally. But it's something I catch up on usually on Sunday and it is just delightful. It's joyful. The music is superb. Mac has got an incredible sounding voice. He has great engagement. One of the great guys. It's one, it's a genuinely joyful two hours. Please do listen to it and give it a go because it's just great. I went home for Christmas and I put, I was in the ra- I was in the kitchen helping my mum with cooking or something and I put one of his shows on. And my mum was like, he only ever listens to Radio 1 or whatever. Mm. I was like, who's this? And I was like, oh, it's Macca. And after five minutes, she went, James, I love Macca. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The latest one, the producer's mum rings up and he's having a conversation. It doesn't sound like amazing radio, but it's brilliant radio. Great. Macca is in. My in, actually, is my... There is a listener who keeps banging on about me saying espresso rather than espresso. Told him about it on social. But he did buy a subscription, so my in is... Having a podcast of my own where I can talk how I want and I can't be told otherwise <laughs> by people on the internet. In. Yes, in. In, my... in, in. In. I think he was being nice. He was being nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Outs. Tommy. My out this week is Negatron. What the fuck is that? Well, just a mate said it in uni once, like 10 years ago, stop being a Negatron and it's always stuck with me. I think it's quite good. But anyway, an example is people watching the cricket 
and I have three or four mates who just text me saying, well, this is shit. Like, the series is gone. It's over. It's like, just fuck off. Enjoy it. Like, why are you inflicting your misery on me? If you're watching something, like, mm. tweet about it if you want to do it, but don't directly message me because I like cricket just to say, and you watch cricket every four years. I'm getting very specific now. It wasn't <laughs> meant to be. But... Don't just text me personally and just Tom, tell me Tom, how shit this all you're is. You're going to end relationships here. You say negatrons, I say out. Yeah. Sound. James. Yeah. My out this week is microwavable rice. It's because I made myself a really, really lovely chorizo and broad bean stew on uh, Wednesday evening. I didn't make enough rice for two days. I made enough for my dinner. So I brought it in for work the next day, but I didn't have anything to go with it. Went to Tesco, bought some microwavable rice, put it in the microwave, fab with it. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> Look at you, genuine shock. It tasted like a bin. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Ben wouldn't be very happy, would he? No. Was it Uncle Ben's as well? No, Tesco own. Oh. Well, you're a fucking idiot then, aren't you? Could have got yourself a, 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 a Uncle Ben's Palau or something. Yeah, the I, well, that that's the mistake. I got one that calls itself like Golden Vegetable. <laughs> yeah. But why did you do that? Because yeah, just a bit of extra vitamins, a bit of extra roughage in there. Basically, the out section is becoming things where we admit our mistakes to Owen, who looks at us <laughs> disgustedly. Seb, out. I've got a lovely bird feeder in my garden, and it gives me a lot of joy. But I tell you what, doesn't give me the joy. I got a pony feeder in mine. Go on. <laughs> Is um, the parakeets. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of parakeets around our neck of the woods. And there's a lot of reasons and there's a lot of theories behind why this might have happened. Yeah, because fucking rich people who live in your part of London got fucking parakeets as pets and then let them go and now they've all multiplied. There's all sorts of rumours. Well, there's, there are a number of rumours, actually. You can go down quite a bit of a wormhole about yeah. Well, come on then. This is the interesting well, stuff. Jimmy, the rumors. Well, there was rumours that Jimmy, it, Jimmy Hendrix was the source, but that, that, that's that been poo-pooed, wow. shall we say. There's a, there's a lot of rumours. Yeah. Um... There was rumours that they had escaped from uh, some filming uh, in in Shepperton Shepperton Studios. That was another one of them. There's various rumours, but either way, there's a lot of fucking parakeets in West London. They are very, very noisy. They're greedy fuckers. They hang around on the bird feeder, don't let the, the nice birds on there. And they're just really noisy, and they start way too early. Your mistake, I've seen your bird feeder. Go on. It's a fucking monstrosity. No, no, no. Yes, it is. No, no. It's it's squirrel-proof for starters, so the squirrels can't get to it. Yeah, but if the parakeets can get on it, then it's there's a fault. There's... You need ones that hang so only the little birds can get on it. Yes. If you're having some big gaudy thing in the middle of your garden, I've seen it. It's like the fucking Palace of Versailles of bird feeders. <laughs> fucking hell, all you need is fucking Liberace on a piano. Have, I'll be honest, I have seen a bird feeder on my Instagram adverts that is meant to say, it's just for songbirds apparently, and they the way they rest. i had smaller flats than your fucking bird feeder. <laughs> have you seen it, Birdo? It's outrageous. No, but maybe maybe the parakeets are coming to try and steal your Italian IT empty bottle <laughs> rosato that you keep in the land. Terrible link. You've not Terrible. got you've not gone a bit like Tony Soprano with the ducks, have you? Well, what I will say is yes. they were very yes. help, they were very helpful during a, a, a difficult time early on in the year. But now you hate them, the parakeets. Not the parakeets. I, I love all the other birds: the goldfinches, the blue tits, the gold tits, the robins. I even mind that the pigeons are nice. The pigeons that turn up just chill out and. Fucking noisy parakeets. I had a I had a bird feeder and I put it so I could see it from um, the window yeah. in, in, in in our lounge and I could see it in the garden. It was just a little one, but I made sure it was squirrel proof and fucking hung it and it was just for the little birds. But the dog started stalking 
the little birds. So my missus said, oh, I'll just move it. What she meant by move it? Well, she didn't put it up somewhere else, did she? No. She just chucked it behind the shed. So now I, the, the birds don't get fed oh, in my yeah. garden. But I did put a bowl of water for them the other day in the heat. Nice. But now, fuck pigeons. A shuttle over my sky dish. I keep having to get up on a ladder and clean it. <laughs> Parakeets in the suburbs. No, they're staying in. <laughs> this it. has been reminding you why you love football. <laughs> I've been your host, Owen Blackhurst, and dressed as Lothar Mateus. James Bird has been next to me, figuratively and literally in life. Dressed like <laughs> dressed like Mario Goetz after a weekend at Bergain. Seb, well, he's there, any he? one of the big German boys in 92. Unified now. Living, living the good life. Living the good life. The Bratwurst's on tour. Yeah. <laughs> Der Pilsner. That'd be your nickname if you were Der a German Pilsner, fan. Pilsner, yeah. That's good. It's good. It's good. Ah, it's good. good. Der Pilsner. Der Pilsner. Yeah. That's, oh, I, I like it, actually. It's one of the nicer nicknames you've given me. That's great. <laughs> and Tommy today with his hat looks like he is um, a man who lives in the Everglades with some with the rest of his family and... They go around on one of those little uh, weird boats with the power stuff on the back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. they'll feed you to the gators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This has been reminding you why you love football. I have been Owen Blackhurst. He's been James Bird. He's been Seb White. He's been producer Tommy Stewart. Recorded at Spiritland. We love it here. MondayOnMag.com is where you go and get our magazine with all the associated benefits. We'd love it if you do that. It's a really great issue on goalkeepers. At Mag on Twitter and Instagram where we do some of our best stuff. Um, there's loads more but fucking hell it takes a long time to explain but yeah mundarmag.com buy the mag please rate review and share this it's really going fucking going gangbusters some people might say I think we're up to 100 ratings on Spotify and and are holding on to 4.9 no you you shouldn't get a 5 you don't get a 5 if you see an Uber driver with a 5 you think he's gamed it yeah, <laughs> 4.9 is more honest than a 5 and we haven't got 100 friends between us so there must be some actual real life people doing this Yeah, and an Apple we're up to a 4.6 so please please do that we love doing this and yeah we'll see you next time cheers thank you cheers. very much all the best reminding you why you love football is a Monday production for Football Co original music by Harry Harris produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White hosted by me Owen Blackhurst and recorded on the run When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.